Welcome to Dare a New Belief, a place to discover what is possible for your life after the loss of a loved one, and where you will find inspiration, insight, support, and love, and hopefully a bit of laughter to help you through your day. Now, here's your host, Nada Hogan. A New Belief, where you will find light and life, love and joy, healing, faith, and hope a place where you get to believe in what is possible for your life. And today I have the great honor and privilege to have Donna Mathewitz with me. Donna is an inspirational speaker and author and strives to leave a legacy of hope, healing, and forgiveness by sharing her story of loss, grief, and resiliency. She began working in the arena of loss and grief in 1997 following the death of two teenage sons within two years of each other. Donna is the author of What Have You Done Since I Left and A Journal for Your Journey. She has also created a card deck. And Donna has been married to a wonderful man, Dick, for 48 years. And they have four beautiful children, three very special grandchildren, and have fostered three children from three different countries. Donna, thank you for being here. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for asking me. Uh, I'm thrilled to have you here and to dive into this. So I, I don't know you. So for the listeners to know, I don't know you. Most of the time I do know um, that the people who I invite in, or at least I know something about them. And you were referred to me. And I was going to come to a book signing because you just released a new book and my schedule did not work out with your schedule. So I haven't even had a chance to have a conversation with you except for right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm thrilled to, I'm thrilled to dive into this. Um, it, but the first place I want to go is how is it that, that you became an inspirational speaker and an author? I, I mean, I, I know that you had lost two sons. And if we, if we could start there, because you know, in my story, that's how this whole podcast came about is I lost my daughter 12 years ago. So can we, can we start there with, with, with the tragedy of losing your son, Tim? I sure can. Yes. I mean, I, I never aspired to be an author or an inspirational speaker, <laughs> but yeah. sometimes life circumstances takes us to places we had never thought about. And, you know, and, and getting there by way of losing two children would certainly wouldn't be uh, the route that I would of course chosen to, um, mm-hmm. to be able to be where I am. But yeah, so our, our journey of grief and loss began, um, it was 1992. So at the time we're recording all this, it's, you know, 28 years ago, more than 28 years ago, um, we have, we are living in, we live in Hastings, Minnesota. Uh, at that time had two children. Our daughter, Jill was 18, had just graduated from high school. And our son, Tim was 16, a sophomore at the high school here in town. Mm-hmm. And this particular Friday night, Tim uh, went to a party, a gathering with um, about a dozen other teens which I always, uh, that add on there, I always say a group of teenagers with all of them sharing many things. And one thing they shared was their yet to be developed brains mm-hmm. um, because they simply, you know, the brain is not grow- done growing um, at that age. 
and um, and and so I think that's part of what what caused such a, a terrible ending to that night. But so the the kids were there. There was some beer, and there was a 19 year old acquaintance. I didn't know this young man before, um, but he um, carried a 44 caliber Magnum handgun. Mm. And um, I had talked to Tim at eight o'clock that night on the phone, and um, an hour later he was shot and killed with that gun by the owner of the gun. So it put us into a world of, um, you know, unimaginable pain and and grief and confusion. Um, you know, we're talking 28 years ago when this type of news was a phenomenal, a phenomenon. You know, we just didn't hear of it. Unfortunately, we all know where we are now, where we hear of it on a daily, sometimes multiple times a day, you know, of these type of things happening. But it it happened in little sleepy Hastings, uh, you know, a little community of 10,000 people. And it was, it was um, unfortunately uh, pretty newsworthy. Uh, yeah. And uh, that, that, that made it hard too, because it, it, it made, it was very, very public. Uh, our pain was very public, mm. but um, we began there and uh, we, we joined, um, uh, a group called Compassionate Friends, which is a huge international organization that is just for bereaved parents. And I'm sure you're aware of that group too, Nada. Yeah. And we, we went there for a while, over a year. Um, but about a year and a half after Tim's death, we had the opportunity to become uh, a family to a young boy. And this is a whole, I could speak another session just about how all this transpired, but um we were asked to take in this boy. He was found in a Ukrainian orphanage. His name was Oleg and he, um, he had cancer and um, a friend of ours was there um, arranging for adoptions from there into the U S and she had met Oleg and on another trip back realized that he was very sick and she became very determined to get him out of the orphanage and to the U S and to find doctors. And so through a, an organization called healing the children, was able to, um, you know, find the, everybody, all the puzzle pieces fit together. And we, we became part of that team of people who would mm-hmm. make sure Oleg um, could come and have a place to be. And so he did. And that was a year and a half after Tim's death. So we saw him through, you know, all the chemo. The, he was inpatient once a month for his chemo. Um, he lived a full life. It was just very brief. Uh, he died six and a half months later after what looked like he was rallying and, and things might be going in our favor. And then as cancer unfortunately does too often, it, it, you know, it turned the other way and we lost him. So we experienced this very sudden death of, of Tim where I saw him off to school on a Friday morning. The next time I saw him was on a Monday afternoon laying in his casket. Um, and then we had Oleg who we, who I, be, I, I mothered him um, <laughs> literally and figuratively, figuratively to death um, I got to do all for him that I was robbed of with Tim, you know, uh, just because of the circumstances. So it was quite an experience and it threw us into a whole new world, of course, and meeting other people who had also lost children. And uh, we then about five years after the boys died, uh, we became active and helped to uh, organize, uh, put together a grief support group right here in Hastings and um, became, you know, we were there every week and speaking and facilitating small groups and, you know, and anyone I think who's been able to reach out and help someone else knows that there's, there is healing in that too. It was part of what we needed to, because we were, 
you know, light years ahead of some who just had suffered their loss last week. So, um, you know, I think people, we knew people needed to see hope by us being there and um, appearing to be having adjusted somehow to a new normal and, and could now get up and put one foot in front of the other most days, not every day, but most days. So that's, that was our journey. And, and I've been doing this type of work um, ever since. Um, and, you know, in a little bigger way, as I began to write the books and the book you mentioned, um, what have you done since I left that just actually came out about six weeks ago. So, mm-hmm. uh, and it tells a lot more about the entire story of Oleg and, and then we adopted a special needs child and we fostered three children from foreign countries. And again, any of the above would never have been on my bucket list ever. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, I'm pretty sure, but because of course, don't we all have our own plan how it's all going to go. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, when it changes that drastically, it makes you rethink everything. And so uh, we just chose a different, a different way. And um, you know, I really am grateful that I can take something like what I've just described and use it to help other people because it doesn't feel quite so useless <laughs> if we can use it to help someone else. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. And bless your heart. I mean, my heart just dropped. My heart just dropped. It, wow. I mean, it's just the tragedy of losing a child that, um, and with a gun involved, I don't know why that just seems yeah. to have such a, such yeah. a extra yeah. element of pain and depth to that. And yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I guess what I would like to ask you is, so, so after Tim's passing, how, how did you find yourself and, and your husband and the rest of your family? How were you able to um, come to terms with that in a way that was meaningful for all of you and yet still able to be on the path of grief because we still have to grieve. Um, and I, and I know there's days that we just don't get out of bed because we just can't, but obviously we were doing something and I wonder, is it, is it inner faith or was it, um, just your, your belief? What, what was it that helped you and your family move through this in the beginning? Um, I do think there was, we, we happened to live in a, a great community of people and we were, had been involved in, um, you know, you know, a big mission trip that involved 12 churches and, you know, so, so, so the faith community was huge for us. Uh, not that, as we know, not that anything they could physically do to make it all better, but knowing they were there and who knows how many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people were praying for us. Mm. Um, you know, I, I know that all made a difference. It's not palpable. It's not something I can touch, but I knew it was there because I don't know how else I would have even functioned to the point I was, um, you know, and you think about, and, and that whole family grief. So as I said, our daughter, Jill was, uh, 18, um, you know, had just gotten set up to go to college and, you know, she, she did go off to St. Cloud and, it was after the first semester just needed to come home. And that, that was, we hoped she would actually. And she did, but then went on, you know, to go to college and, you know, um, and how she dealt with it. I think, you know, unfortunately it was, I think she felt very alone um, because as parents <laughs> with another child to be, to be concerned about, 
it's hard because you, you you're doing what you can to survive yourself, and you have you know you have this other young adult, and and even those families who are left with younger children. I do remember thinking I'm I was so glad that I didn't have little children to deal with, you know, mm-hmm. um, because I thought how would I be effective as a as a mom to little ones. Um, who who wouldn't be affected nearly as much by you know they are resilient and they they would need different type of care to help them with the loss of a sibling and um, with Jill she kind of you know and her friends kids that age I don't know how to help each other either and they were all so devastated because you know in that group it was Tim was everybody's little brother, just like their mm-hmm. brothers were Jill's little. You know, it was just it mm-hmm. was so intertwined that the pain was just uh, it was so palpable and and so intense. Um, so it, it was hard, and you know, even to this day, um, you know, I, I think Jill has had to just deal with it herself. I mean, she's been married for over twenty years. She's you know three kids, and mm-hmm. you know has a good job, and you know she's she's okay. But it it certainly changed her life. She as she said, I never wanted to be an only child, you know, and we did adopt Brandon, um, you know, but they are 20 years apart in age and he has, uh, he's a, he has cerebral palsy. So, you know, the type of relationships is, is very different than she knew she could have had with Tim and his wife and, and his kids and all that is not there. It's a, it's a big hole, you know, to this day in our family for sure. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I wanted to mention that we always are very aware of when we <clears throat> work with couples in our in our grief groups, we have a group called Gone Too Soon um, that we facilitate twice a month, and we unfortunately have a lot of couples that do come together. Uh, and we always, you know, want them to make sure they're 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 figuring out how they're going to do this as a couple because, you know, we know that the rate of divorce is is heightened. You know, when this happens, it's it it can take its toll on a marriage, and especially if a marriage is already a little shaky, um, it can, you know, have devastating results. So we talked to them about that. And what Dick and I learned is we learned how to let each other grieve. Um, you know, there could be days when maybe Dick had gone off to work and had a pretty okay day, you know, thought I'm okay, I'm okay today to come home and hear me downstairs in Tim's bedroom, you know, hugging his pillow and wailing you know, and vice versa. Uh, you know, I, I had the same experience with him multiple times, but we learned that it wasn't either of our jobs to try to pull each other out of that, that pit at that moment, because um, I think we walk around trying not to get to that point. And then finally, there's nothing left to do but that. And um, we, we realized that that was part of the grief process. And we had to stand by as much as we wanted to help each other, knew we couldn't because for him to come down and say, here, wipe your, wipe your nose and let's go out to eat. Let's just move on. That wasn't what I needed. I needed to cry till I couldn't cry anymore, you know? Um, And so we learned that and I, and I, we really do try to help other couples to, and they, they seem to, you know, nod their heads and go, yeah, yeah. Because I want to help her. It's like, I know you want to help her, but this is a way of helping her or him, you know? So that's one thing I, I think made a big difference in how we maintained and, you know, our marriage um, thrived and, um, and we go on together to, to do these things together with couples. And we're not the people who are afraid to approach someone who's just lost a child. You know, we, we go, we go towards them, not never away from them, you know? So, yeah. Right. Right. 
And that's one of the things because I think it's so hard for um, couples to understand that, that um, each person can grieve their own way and it, there's not a right way to do it. It's just the way that, that you're going through it. That is the right way to do it. However, it's coming up yeah. for you. Yeah. And just to, just to let alone that it's, you're talking men and women here, you know, and, um, you know, and even to, to not, not judge each other's way they do it. You know, I think I've heard that a lot. Well, I don't think, you know, I don't think he's hurting like I am. He seems to be, it's like, yeah, but you don't know, you know, and I think, you know, I think we put on I me, mean, especially men to um, be strong. They're even told you got to be strong for her. You got It's like, why? <laughs> what about me then? You know? And that's it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll get a frog in my throat. <coughs> Excuse me. Get a, I'll just get a glass of water. I'll click. Okay. Anyway, yeah, because, um, you know, and we talk about the fact that men, for a lot of men, if they grew up saying, being convinced that big boys don't cry, you know, this whole emotional piece of grief can be really, really hard for, for guys to do. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And it's so freeing to be able to hear from somebody else that um, you get to cry and you get to do it in the yeah. way that feels right, right for you. Yeah. I know we went to um, um, Faith Lodge in Wisconsin. Are you familiar? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, we've been there. What a beautiful place. Yeah. It's such a beautiful place. And I, it, this was, I think, maybe not a year, maybe nine months after Dara's passing. And mm. I was just so taken aback because there was a man, right? Because you're just in shock. You're still, I mean, you stay yeah. in shock for that oh. first year for yeah, sure. You're just numb. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, I just remember him saying, I, I just want this done. I just, I just want it done. I mm-hmm. don't want to feel like this anymore. And I just want to be done. And mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, right. Just, it, it never even occurred mm-hmm. to me to to feel like that. All of these different emotions mm-hmm. and the different, I'm um, just trying mm-hmm. to find your footing, trying to find a way mm-hmm. to yeah. be present here on this earth and, yeah. and not having to raise young ones on top of that. I mean, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. how difficult yeah. that would be. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I've heard from. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Go right ahead. Well, I've I've heard also, you know, from when I encounter people who say, "Yeah, my my little brother died when I was 15," and um, and I often say, "And how did you know? How was that for you? And then what did you see with your mom and dad?" And sadly, more than once or twice, I've heard them say, "I lost my brother, but I lost my mom too." Yeah. Mom was never the same. She was, I lost my mom when, when he died. It's like, it just makes me want to cry when I hear that. It's like, oh, and then yes. there's, so then there's that, you think of that poor mom and all the guilt that she put on herself because she knew yeah. she couldn't mother her other children. It's, it's yeah. yeah. And so we do what we can, right. To keep this from being a spiral downward that they can't find their way out of. Right. Right. Yes. It's so, it's so horribly painful to to yeah. lose two people when one person mm-hmm. passes yeah. yet to lose two people oh, and maybe yeah. even three you know the dad also the mom and yes the, right yeah. yeah you know yeah. oh my goodness oh my goodness now I know that we are going to start running out of time here and I want I have like this list of questions that I want to mm-hmm. ask you Donna and so sure. um of course I know we've just touched the surface of of this 
um, conversation. And so I'm wondering if, would you be willing to come back next week and continue this conversation with me so we can um, share with the listeners more on your journey and then more about your books and the work that you do to help other people navigate and manage through their grief of, of losing a, a loved one. Certainly. I'd love to do that. Uh, awesome. Awesome. I'm so grateful. I am so grateful. So in the meantime, I always share with people how, uh, with the listeners, how they can contact you, but I also like to make sure that everybody knows it's in the show notes. So if you're driving, there's no, no need to worry, but Donna's website is, um, I just lost it. It's unfinished by design, unfinished by design.com and then she's also on facebook and instagram at unfinished by design and i totally love that name i love that name so any information that you would like to um, know about donna she i know she does speaking um and i'm assuming that well yeah it's covid so speaking is probably a little bit different right now but virtual speaking i'm assuming you're doing Mm -hmm. okay I do. So virtual speaking. Okay. And she has on her website, um, the information to be able to contact her about the different speaking services that she does. Um, and then we will, of course, touch into that a little bit more when we come back next week and, and pick up this conversation. So all of Donna's information will be in the show notes. So you'll be able to, and her books. So you'll be able to get all of that information there. So Donna, thank you so much for being with me today and being so open and um, honest about, about, um, about the loss of your son. And I do want to know a little bit more about Oleg. Um, we have lots to talk about and I'm just with my hands on my heart and, um, just holding you and loving you and thanking you so much for being able to share that and, um, being here with us so other people can, can hang on to somebody else's hope and belief that, that they can walk through this and, um, you know, be able to continue living their life and have a beautiful life and carry the person that we lost, carry them right along with us as we continue living our lives to the fullest. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. And to the listeners, thank you all so much. And we will be back next week to go on with part two with Donna Mathewitz. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for spending time with us today. Please go to nadahogan.com for show notes and other information you can use right away. If you like what you heard here, please subscribe to our show. And don't forget to rate and review right there on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your shows. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. We'll see you next week.